Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Welcome into this edition of Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey and myself, to talk a little till debt do us part. We're going to do a two-part episode here on resolving financial sources of tension between couples. So we'll have a good time chatting about some of the things that can kind of get in the way a little bit because we all know the number one reason that couples fight is usually over money. And what's that Beatles song? What they say? Money can't buy us, you know, can't buy you love. But uh, it can certainly start some spicy debates between you and your better half. So that's what we're going to do over the next two-part episode here with Matt. And as well, Matt, uh, as we're dropping this here, you are having an anniversary of sorts. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, Mark. Um, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Yes, we are having and celebrating this month in August our uh, 10-year anniversary for Gray Lakes Retirement Solutions. So, awesome. Man, that 10 years went by fast. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's notable, and we wanted to do something special for clients mm-hmm. um, for being with us and supporting us through those 10 years. Um, we really appreciate clients, and we like to do a lot of events, actually. But this one's going to be kind of just a fun, special visit to the ballpark. So we're going to be doing that tomorrow. This podcast coming out on the 7th. And we will be at the Loon Stadium, the Dow Diamond, uh, up in Midland. And we're going to be doing a special uh, evening at... Nice little uh, buffet dinner and some drinks and out in the pavilion and watch the ball game. Hopefully the weather turns out real nice. <laughs> good, right? That's always the big the big question, Mark. Of course. But, um, yeah, no, it's I've, I've been doing this now for 22 years and uh, 10 years uh, since I started Great Lakes Retirement Solutions with, gotcha. a, with a passion of really doing the right thing for the client. That, that's awesome. That's kind of how I evolved in the industry. And today's topic is uh, definitely something we, we have lots of experience <laughs> Did you run with. into? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talking about tension and debt and, uh, and investments between couples. So there's a lot of differences when we talk about these kind of issues with your money. And yeah. um, so we'll, we're going to hit uh, this in two parts, Mark. I think we're going to do five yep. five of the topics today, and we'll probably hit you know another five topics on our next podcast. Yes, but sir. It's, uh, we want to resolve these issues between you and your loved one, your couple, your your partner, or your spouse. It doesn't take a lot always to to get resolution to these, but oftentimes what we find is people are so ingrained or they're set that they got to get this one solution yeah. that they're, they don't, they, it's hard to give up the other side of that. And, and we just like to try to be that mediator. We're not marriage counselors here, but <laughs> it is sometimes a, it, it kind of turns gonna, into that. Right. I was going to say, it is a hat that you have to wear as financial professional. That's for sure. So, yeah. well, again, kudos and congratulations on the anniversary. Hope that everybody is maybe checks out the podcast here this morning on Mondays with Matt and then has a good time and goes out to the ball uh, ball game with uh, with Matt and the team tomorrow. So very, very yeah. cool. All right, let's get into it here. Number one, risk tolerance in your investments. So what level of risk should we take in our investment portfolio, Matt? Because often, I mean, anybody who's married knows this is usually the case. You don't usually see eye to eye on a lot of things. You have difference. You're different people, right? So oftentimes advisors will see one person who's wants to be aggressive, right? And the other person mm-hmm. wants to be conservative. So you got to get on the same page because that can be a source attention. Yeah, this is absolutely a, a, a difference that um, most couples have. So yeah, that, that source of tension can arise, you know, if we're trying to plan together towards one common goal. The way that we can kind of address this as a couple is we look at all of the investments together and say, how much does that equal? Okay. And then I I like to have 
each person take an individual risk test? Because as funny as it sounds, people just tend to be a little bit, I don't want to say dishonest, but but I'll ask them. They, I, I think it's more of a tendency that they just don't know how much of a risk taker or how, how right, risk averse right. they are until we actually do this. And one of the one of the ways in our industry to assess your risk is naturally through a questionnaire. It, they're pretty basic, but uh, but also every answer, every person can come out just a little bit different. And it's kind of funny when you give couples a questionnaire like that, they go in thinking one way about their spouse, one way about themselves. And sometimes well, they're on the same page I, I, and other yeah. times they're not. I get what you're um, saying though. Sometimes well, if we were asked a question, we might, especially in front of our spouse, we might answer it maybe less than fully truthfully because we haven't discussed it with them or we haven't. Uh, and that's probably going to be a recurring theme throughout these questions, but because we haven't truly talked about it with them properly, we might say, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then you take this questionnaire where you get to answer kind of more privately and you might be a little bit more honest, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And um, I, whenever we're doing planning, I like to work with both the spouses there because it makes sense to plan together. But you're right. For I sure. mean, their views can be totally different. And, you know, if you've got a spouse that hasn't been completely, <laughs> completely honest, Forthright, and we'll talk yeah. about that with some of these other things, um, you know, they might have that hidden debt or they might have that hidden little thing in, in risk hey, aversion. I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll handle this. I'll, I'll get a higher return on my investments to help offset this, uh, this thing that my spouse doesn't know about. So yeah. Um, <laughs> oftentimes when we, oftentimes when we do this, find they both know what comes in and goes out of the checking account or kind of know, but, um, you know, Let's let's assume the woman is managing the finances and the husband gets his allowance and she kind of has a separate sock drawer <laughs> with cash money in it or a separate account that um, he doesn't see or touch and know about really. Right. And so it's kind of funny working with people. Risk tolerance though definitely is there. It can lead to disagreements. What I try to do is sort out the whole as a portfolio. Let's take what the husband and the wife want to do independently and let's work together. And I can kind of help manipulate that keeping each of them suitable to their own risk style, but then blending the average as a whole, we can kind of, hey, you you make up more of the fixed income part because you're more conservative and we're going to put his accounts a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, because finding the balance. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We, we do blend that out. Um, it, this can be a stumbling block, but not really too bad. It's one of those things that we just kind of take in it, as a beginning point and we try to blend that moving forward to optimize the portfolio to an ideal rate of return. All right. So let's go into a second one here, which is retirement age. So my wife and I are five years apart in age. Uh, and so trying to, you know, dial that in between couples can be interesting, whether you're the, if you're the same age, maybe it's a little easier, but if you certainly have an age disparity, you know, she, she jokes with me and she's like, I don't know. She's like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be comfortable with you being retired five years before me. Right. So you want to get <laughs> on the same page there too. Yeah, absolutely. This is kind of a fun one because I find often people, they don't want to retire at the same time. Now I just had a couple in that was, it was interesting, but they, they had both worked and he had a pension coming up. She's, she's put in her time time through the school system and she's got a pension too. So uh, it worked out great. They're both retiring at the same age, the same time. And and that was kind of what they wanted to do. But oftentimes I find somebody has a lot of job satisfaction and they just really don't care to retire. And then, you know, one person will be ready right now. And they're like, I'm ready as, as soon as I can. <laughs> I'm done. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to retirement, we've talked about this before, um, you get to an age where you just kind of know. I've had people that, um, you know, 
from from that perspective of job satisfaction or maybe their health is declining and then they have to find an alternative or they they have to leave their job you know eventually right so there's a lot of factors there's financial readiness am i ready to retire uh, is my spouse uh, are we still in spending mode you know sometimes people want to continue to spend that lifestyle and we got to make sure that we have enough from a pension social security and your investments to to actually take that leap and start instead of contributing now we're we're stopping the contributions so that reduces our need for income but then we also have to start distributions at some point so that retirement age um, and the best time to retire it, it is so important for both of you to to have this conversation talk about it to, to decide hey when do we want to select social security and really it comes down to getting your finances in order and your budget so that you're you have enough money coming in at the end of the month before the month runs yep, out. That's you right. Got, yep. You have plenty of money to to satisfy your needs. All right, there you go. So that's number two. Number three on our list: legacy for the children. So again, the same kind of thing, right? So it could be very and often the cliche or the stereotypical or whatever you want to kind of give as an answer is, you know, you might have you know the mom right saying, "I want to leave them," you know whatever, as much as we can, right? And then maybe mm-hmm. the dad, you know, so we, my wife and I joke, we, do, we just have the one child, but I'm like, I'm leaving her a credit card bill, <laughs> you know? And my, <laughs> my wife's like, no, we're I'm not. I'm spending all I can, baby. Right, you know, so so you want to get on the same page there because it can be a source of frustration between the couples if, if truly someone, like I'm just goofing around, but like if someone's really serious about it and the other person is way on the opposite end of the spectrum, it can certainly lead to big fights. And, and to me, I think the healthiest approach is just finding it's just saying, hey, we're going to enjoy our retirement and then whatever's left we give to the kids. But that just may not be, you know, the right fit. So everybody's different. So get on the same page as far as what to leave the kids so you don't fight over it. Yeah, this is um, this is also important in, in legacy planning and coming down to the mere fact of, hey, if we're not doing a good job with our budget, how do we leave a good legacy for our kids? Spouses often disagree. Like you, like you mentioned, um, somebody wants to leave a little bit more. Other ones are more concerned about, you know, their standard of living through retirement. What I find happens often with clients is they, their kids grow up and they have grandkids. And all of a sudden your retirement plans change because now, you know, grandparents, you know, those grandbabies, you just squeeze those cheeks and something happens when you have grandchildren that I notice clients lose their Oh, some of these desires for where they really want to travel. I'm not leaving junk to the kids. Give it all to the grandkids kind of thing. That's right. right. That's right. They They say if you could have your choice, you would have your grandkids first. And really, I find a lot of people then start to start to change their desire desires through retirement to really include those grandkids, the kids too, (laughs) for sure. You know, and then we run into people that don't have any children and trying to decide on legacy. What do they, what do they want to be remembered for and who, what, what charities do they want maybe to give their money to? So, you know, I run into situations right now where family members have all passed on and there's nobody to leave their, their money to. So it's like, we need to select some charity to do. And so this can be another, another, Another very important topic. This is kind of close to my heart because I see widows that are that are in bad, you know, condition or that could, hey, I could five hundred a month or a thousand dollars a month to a, a widow could really impact, you know, if their spouse has passed on, didn't have that pension and they lost a social security check. That could really put somebody who who didn't really maybe do all their retirement planning adequately. That if you leave your money to charity, a foundation, you know, there's there's several options to leave funds to. You can really change people's lives. You know, there's a, there's a lot of ways that 501c3 organizations that will thrive based on charitable contributions too. So, um, yeah, 
if you have a disagreement, definitely sit down and talk about it. If you need some coaching or guidance in that area, we want to do that. This is legacy planning often involves your attorney trust so that you can um, keep and satisfy all the all the all the different things that are in that are important to you. So yeah, definitely, husband and wife definitely have some different opinions. And uh, if you want to satisfy both, you know, I always say, you know, buy a nice big fat life insurance policy, and that's the best way to leave a great inheritance. <laughs> um, that that does cost money, so I'm right. Not a, yeah, there's a number of ways you can. You can do that. So okay. talking about it, having a great conversation is is really important. Well, and that's key to all of these, Matt, because, you know, many times I, I'm sure every advisor I know is, has a situation where the couples are start they're going through the process and they one of them says something and the other one looks at them like, who are you? Like, where did that come from? Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, it yeah. happens. And, and sometimes it doesn't happen until they first sit down in front of a, a financial advisor. So you want to try to have these conversations with each other before you see an advisor. But certainly you need to be having them with the advisor as well so that you can plan properly because it might go into our next two. We're going to do two more here. We'll wrap it up this week. Number four, okay. housing in retirement. Again, big. These first five are really the biggies too if you think about what we're talking about here. Uh, the yep. housing in retirement because again, it can come down to simply one person says, I don't want to leave. This is where we raised our kids and I want the grandkids to come here so they can have some of these same fun experiences and the other person's like, no, let's sell it and downsize and use the extra money to travel and blah, blah, blah. Right. So you could be completely in different spheres here, uh, and it could lead to some arguments. Yes. Uh, housing and retirement is, is an interesting one. And you see this um, happening where you become empty nesters and your children move out. And then uh, often you have a larger home because you had a family. And then do we need to downsize? That's a very legitimate question for for that factor. Or do we want to do we want to stay? Do we love our home? Do we love this abode that we've created? And uh, sometimes people have a second home or a cottage. And um, so they'll like to talk about maybe maybe we keep two places. Well, just beware in retirement, there's taxes on both places, there's maintenance on both places and things like that, too. So having a conversation with a with a brother in law the other day, and um, we were talking about uh, do you buy a cottage or do you do you not? You know, and I say I I see people go to their cottage and a lot of times they're going and there's so much maintenance. You got a whole another whole another home that they spend a lot of their free time <laughs> working on the working on the cottage, yeah. but which is true. But retirement lifestyle um definitely causes concerns for disagreements. I think having a place that my brother-in-law was of the opinion, hey, if you go and buy the cottage, you know, if you want to guarantee your kids to come and hang out, you know, in Michigan. That's the big summertime thing, right? Let's go up north, go to the cottage, go to the lake, and and you can you can have uh, your grandkids come and visit you, and people will want to come and visit if you have a place that lends itself to that. So there's always those factors, and then there's downsizing. Hey, we don't need such a big place. We just need something to get get us by now. Um, we can really reduce our expenses. So. Other other times, I talk to people about their investments. You know, you might have a real estate investment that you you own another place and you use it as an Airbnb when you're not there, and you you select the time you want to use it. So there's a lot of different things that happen with uh, that housing in retirement. Again, as you mentioned, having that conversation, developing the goal, and um, I think that kind of leads into the next one yeah. that we're going to talk about yeah, is does. the lifestyle for retirement. Yeah, I mean, you know, what do you want it to look like, right? I mean, ultimately, the whole big picture of this thing is what do you want your life to be in retirement? What's your vision? And uh, I was just talking with an advisor, I think yesterday, Matt, and he was uh, we were chit-chatting about something. He's like, yeah, I had this couple sit down in front of me, and they're, they're kind of talking through some things. And he goes, you know what? I think we're going to buy a camper and drive around the country. And she literally looked at him and said, since when? <laughs> <laughs> and 
<laughs> and the advisor goes, what? Uh, is this the first time you've heard of this? And she's like, yeah, he's never, ever mentioned this before, right? <laughs> so y- yeah. you got to have these conversations because maybe you both do want to do that, but certainly springing it on your spouse is never a good idea. And uh, springing it on them in front of the financial professional certainly is going to add some interesting conversation mm-hmm. to the thing. But again, you got to have these chats. You got to work it all out amongst the three of you so you can plan properly. Yeah, that's that's super important. I think retirement lifestyle, your vision for retirement, it, it, that's where we kind of we kind of have this as our our major conversation because that kind of leads to the legacy. It kind of leads to what age of retirement and where are we going to live and and yes, yeah. things change. I mean, that's we're always prepared for change because almost the one thing that's guaranteed is everything's going to change. But having a retirement vision is super important. And I always say people don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. If you're not ready for retirement and you step into that, it's it's going to feel very awkward and very foreign to you. So I think the best way to retire is to talk about this vision well in advance to put together your ideas. Write them on a tablet. She can write some ideas. He can write some ideas. And let's come into a conversation and blend those and say, okay, what does our retirement plan look like? What is the lifestyle going to look like? Are we going to be on the beach all the time? Or are we going to be, you know, out in the woods? Um, maybe we want to have spend a good deal of time in our local coffee shops, or maybe we want to exercise and we want to be around friends, you know, that have the same or similar lifestyle. You know, I talked to a guy the other day and he was like, it's 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 boring. He retired early. He was talking about retiring early and he's like, man, it's boring because all my friends are still at work. You know, I, I don't want to retire in my early 50s because all my friends are still working and I I go and I got to golf by myself or I got to do this or that by myself. Right, right. So, so yeah, your retirement lifestyle. Let's start talking about that. Even if you're young, putting together some ideas, putting together a vision. And I think writing it down, you know, they talk about goal setting. You put up vision boards, right? You put pictures of what you envision yourself doing in the future. Or if you're talking about goals, you talk about pictures of, hey, I want this vehicle or I want that house or I want this this kind of thing for my lifestyle. So vision boards to collectively as a couple, I think that would be one of the most powerful ways that you could plan your retirement is to, to, to yeah. get a vision cut out the pictures out of the magazine, you know, go back to the, uh, <laughs> or online, put it on your Pinterest page. What do I want retirement to look like for me? And what, is, what does that mean for my spouse? And then what does that mean? Do we have children? Do we have grandkids in the future that are going to be plugged into this vision? And I think the sooner you can do that, you're both going to have different ideals. But if you can blend those and come to the, an agreement as to what that looks like, and you can visually see it, I think you're going to be on the same page more than you're going to have a difference. So I think that's something to remember as we finish up this podcast and start into the next one is let's get on the same page, you know, about our finances, you know, about resolving these sources of tension, because it's easy to disagree, not so easy to agree. But once you do agree, I think putting it down on paper and even putting it in front of your eyes, you guys will have a lot more cohesiveness and unity moving towards that vision. Yep. And that'll help you resolve some of those financial sources of tension, but hopefully before they arise. And so that was the first half of the podcast with Matt. We'll be back with the second half uh, in a couple of weeks. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever uh, podcasting platform you like to use. You can find it all at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com slash podcast, the podcast page there, but there's also good tools, tips, and resources at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. You can reach out and get a hold of Matt as well if you'd like to get some time on his calendar. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Mondays with Matt. For Matt Starkey, I'm your host, Mark Kelly, and we'll catch you next time here on the show.
Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.